It's Monday. Chaf, Chet, Tevet, Tafshin, Ayin, Hey. Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Danny Sanderson, Lahakad Doda, Elif Kabaim, Lo Yatzlichu Lechabot, a thousand firefighters would not be able to put me out, meaning we're on fire, basically. It's um, a Monday, and we are back. Welcome, one and all, to uh, this live installment of the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. We are here every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time. Welcome. One and all, thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your day. We have a lot to talk about, update, and the ramifications from the uh, situation in France, the attacks in Paris, uh, especially for us, uh, the attack on the Jewish supermarket and um, the killing of uh, the Jews there and other anti-Semitic um, events that took place in um, Belgium and in other countries in Europe, and in general, the rise of anti-Semitism in France and in Europe as a whole. Uh, we will discuss a lot of things that are related to that. We will also focus a little bit on the United States and the media here and the Obama administration and ask the question, why are they so afraid of using the term Islamic extremism or radical Islam? or Islamists, or Islamic fundamentalism, in order to describe this threat that threatens the entire world. We, we are, I believe, heading toward a world war in, in some way, shape, or form. And it will be a world war with radical Islam. And yet, the White House can't say those words. We'll share with you clips from press conferences and the White House, the State Department, and others, and show you how this is being blurred. And uh, it, I think it's all being done in the name of political correctness. And it's uh, it's dangerous because if you don't know who your enemy is, then it's going to be very hard to fight them. All that and more coming up on the Israel Show. We'll do one more uh, upbeat uh, song, the famous Pugi Natati Lachayai, and then we'll get to uh, all the serious stuff. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Thank you. La Hello, Israel. From their last performance live throughout Israel this past summer. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day, whatever day it is, wherever you are. Um, we also want to point out that we have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Very active. We post uh, links to all the songs we play during the show and um, also articles of interest regarding things we spoke about during the show or other articles of interest that um, we think you might find of interest. How's that? Anyway, this week we had a lot of new likes and we thank you all for uh, joining us. Uh, let's see. Michael, Josh, Muel, and Stephen. Thank you so much for your likes, and thank you. There was a, I got a very beautiful email. You can email me at mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachumsegel.com, mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachumsegel.com. I got a very beautiful email from someone in Seattle, I believe it was, who wrote, I don't have Facebook. I wish I would, but um, I'm giving you a like through the email, which is very nice. Uh, nice words about the show. We appreciate that. It is It is very... A very kind of you, and all your feedback is is a very kind, and uh, it's greatly appreciated. So, we um, we're going to focus today on political correctness that is showing itself, at least here in the United States, I think more so than any other place, both in the White House and in the general media. I would say, pretty much, other than Fox News, you will find these things. In most of the other news outlets, surely on MSNBC, NBC, which is a very left-wing um, news outlet, NPR and others, but, but also on CNN, and we'll bring you examples. The political correctness where we, we refrain from using specifically the words radical Islam, Islamic fundamentalism, Islamists, Anything that ties what we are seeing around the world, ISIS, the terrorism, Syria, all these crazy, what we, what we know to be crazy radicalism, anything that ties that to Islam is being blurred, erased, covered up. Want some examples? The White House is convening a summit. On February 18th, the summit is called Countering Violent Extremism. You understand? There's all kinds of violent extremism. And we need to know how to counter violent extremism. It's a worldwide plague. Who's responsible for it? We don't know. By the way, this summit was first announced in September as concern was growing about the threat from ISIS 
from the Islamic State. But they canceled it. The White House canceled it. Why? Well, there were elections coming up. The White House was very concerned about that. And whenever the White House spokesman was asked, by the way, why the delay in this summit, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even confirm that it had been postponed. Well, last week when the president was a no-show at the big anti-terrorism rally in Paris, where all the world leaders were there except for the United States, they had to do something, so they announced, oh, we're going to have a summit, a conference in February, because we obviously have a lot of time, countering violent extremism. Fox News, White House reporter Ed Henry. You're going to hear now an exchange between him and the White House spokesperson. His name is John Ernest. (laughs) It's a very funny name for a White House spokesperson, because usually White House spokespeople aren't very earnest. But it's it's, uh, interesting. In this exchange, you, as you'll hear, Ed Henry starts off by asking, why is it called this conference for, for countering violent extremism? Why not use the phrase Islamic extremism? Here we go. This is um, Ed Henry of Fox News. Why wouldn't you use the phrase right there that we are going to take on Islamic extremism? You said all forms of violent extremism. Whatever. Well, she asked me what this Now, you want to hear... Uh, Josh, uh, Josh Ernest's answer here it is. It, it, he's going to get it out. It, it's a little, it's a little belabored, but he will give you some form of a. I mean, he'll twist himself into a pretzel, but he'll give you an answer. The summit would discuss, and all forms of violent, uh, violent extremism would be uh, discussed, and obviously, uh, the most potent and certainly the most, um, uh, you know, graphic display that we've seen in recent days is. Uh, again, is is motivated by those individuals that seek to invoke the name of Islam to carry out these violent attacks, and that's uh, certainly something that we want to work very hard to counter and mitigate. And we've got uh, a strategy that we've been discussing for some time to so exactly do that. Important form, according to you, of extremism. Why isn't it the summit on countering Islamic extremism? Uh, because violent extremism is something that we want to be focused on, and it's not just uh, uh, it's not just uh, Islamic violent extremism that we want to counter. There are other forms of Paris, Australia, Canada. Isn't the thread through them that it's Islamic extremism? Mm-hmm. Well, well, certainly those I, all the examples that you cite are examples of individuals who have cited Islam as they've carry out, carry, carried out acts of, uh, of violence. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no arguing that. The, these, these are acts of violence, not terrorism, by the way, of violence that were carried out by people who cited Islam. No, no, don't confuse yourself to think that they have anything to do with Islam. No, not really. They just, they cited Islam. You get it? Here's another exchange. Again, Fox News. This time it's with the Deputy State Department spokesperson. Also, a great exchange. And you'll, you'll, you'll hear, quite frankly, how convoluted this this um, reasoning is, and it should give us pause as to uh, the leadership of our country right now in this perilous time. Um, here is, um, again, from Fox News. 
every time we see this exchange, it seems like the answer is so tortured, like it's so difficult to say what everybody around the world seems to feel so clearly it is. And what the leaders have said in Canada and Australia and Paris, where they have felt it so potently and personally, they've all said quite clearly that the battle is against Islamic extremism. Why is that so hard to say? Well, it's not hard to say, but it's not the only kind of extremism we face. I would recommend uh, to, to folks looking at this administration's counterterrorism record, I would remind people that more terrorists who claim uh, to, to, to do acts of violence in the name of Islam have been taken off the battlefield in this administration than under any previous one. Wait a second. So what? What does that have to do with the question? Notice, by the way, in the name of Islam, acts of violence, no, not terrorism. It, it, this line just goes through the entire administration. Because of our counterterrorism operations and our efforts that we've put in place. But that's not the only way that you counter this kind of extremism. Much of it Islamic, you're absolutely right, uh, but some of it not. So we're going to focus on all the different kinds of extremism with a heavy focus on... Oh, all the different kinds of extremisms. Wow. There's so many different types of extremisms that are all over the world now on people who do this in the name of Islam, we would say falsely in the name of Islam, but there are other forms of extremism that are this. also what other, important. Tell me, what other forms of extremism are particularly troubling and compelling to you right now? Well, look, there are people out there who want to kill other people uh, in the name of a variety of causes. Of course... Uh, oh, she can't name them. There are people out there who want to kill other people in the name of a variety of causes. Really? Uh, Martha, we are most focused on people doing this in the name of Islam. As we've talked about with ISIL, uh, part of our strategy to counter this extremism is to have other moderate Muslim voices stand up and say they don't represent our religion. They speak for their religion more than we do, certainly, and we need those voices to stand up in addition to all of the other efforts we're undertaking. All right, I just think a lot of other countries probably listen to the way we're talking about this and scratch their heads and wonder why it's so hard to spit it out uh, in a lot of these, these conversations. Yeah, a lot of other countries and a lot of people in the United States, a lot of citizens in the United States are scratching their head in bewilderment and saying, how come it's so hard to spit it out? And by the way, you hear how tortured uh, Nebuch, these uh, spokespeople are, both in the White House and State Department. You see that on one hand, they have to follow, they have to toe the line that's coming from upstairs, from the Obama administration, from the president, the line that, oh, don't call it Islamic extremism and so forth. And therefore, we're not going to call the summit, a, you know, uh, for the you know, uh, countering uh, radical Islam or radical Islamic extremism, whatever, or Islamic violence or radical Islam. We're not going to use the word Islam. And yet, they have no choice but to admit when they're pressured by only by Fox News, not by anyone else. They have no choice but to sort of work around it and say, yeah, it's true. We're going to focus on Islamic radicalism. The political correctness, trying to blur these lines, is insane. And you know what? People always say there's a famous expression. People say, you know, if you want to answer on a test, you have, a, you have to answer the questions. Half of the answer is understanding the question. Half of the answer is understanding who your enemy is. And this administration, which is unfortunately so doing so much damage to our country, they they just refuse to say those words, the political correctness, and the media just keeps going. Here's another thing. I don't know if you noticed this recently. 
But when the media refers to the founder of Islam, until, I don't know when, but not that long ago, they would say, Muhammad, the founder of Islam, Muhammad, or whatever. Now, again, I believe as part of this political correctness, you will always hear them say, the Prophet Muhammad. Well, quite frankly, Muhammad is a prophet if you believe in Islam. If you don't believe in Islam, he's not a prophet. He's a historical figure. If you want to kowtow to Islam, then political correctness says you, you have to say the prophet Muhammad. Listen to this. Here are a few clips. CNN's Wolf Blitzer. These cartoons are very derogatory toward the Prophet Muhammad. And of course, the timing is critical. You hear that? Here's MSNBC. There's a new poll out today by a Sunday newspaper, a very respected publication, that essentially says that 57% of the people here agree with that idea. The question was, should newspapers continue to publish images of the Prophet Muhammad, which of course have inflamed passions in the Muslim world? Here's, here's another CNN report. Cartoons just published in the French magazine Charlie Hebdo lampoon the Prophet Muhammad, showing him in suggestive poses. CNN is not airing those images. Whoa! Did you hear that? First of all, do you know when that report was? Well, you would think that report was from a few weeks ago. That report on CNN was from September 2012. Remember the uh, onslaught, the attack? On the Benghazi embassy, the U.S. embassy in Benghazi, Libya, remember how terrorists, Islamic radical terrorists, murdered the United States ambassador? Remember how Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, just a few months before the presidential election, didn't want to call it terrorism. So they made up a story. We know today that it's a made-up story. There's some film, a video on YouTube somewhere, some, nobody ever heard of it. And it was that video that inflamed the Muslim communities around the world and caused that riot and caused them to attack the Libyan embassy. Well, we know that's not true. We know that it was a planned attack, a terrorist attack on the American embassy. And an American ambassador is killed and nothing really happens. But it was two months before Election Day. And the Obama administration didn't want to admit that Al-Qaeda is still alive and well. By the way, that attack happened on September 11th, 2012. Duh. And in this CNN report, which is just about a week after that, they're still talking about the timing of this cover on the magazine Charlie Hebdo in France and how it came out just now and just when everybody's so upset about what? About that movie. That's how the media bought into it. Here we go. Let's listen to the end of this. The magazine also mocks a Jewish rabbi, but it's the cartoons of Mohammed coming in the wake of deadly protests in more than a dozen countries over an anti-Islamic film that led police to take up positions outside the magazine's Paris offices. The, the the magazine also makes fun of of Judaism. By the way, 
while everybody around the world is protesting on behalf of this magazine, Charlie Hebdo, the truth is that it is a horrible magazine. And it makes fun of all religion. And it makes terrible fun of Judaism. It, it, it's disgusting. But you notice that even though it made fun of Jews, the reporter says, but the concern is about the, the fact that they made fun of uh, the, the Prophet Muhammad. Because nobody's concerned that Jews are going to go in and kill the editors of the magazine. Why is that not so obvious? Ah, Well, back to the point. Yes, you notice. And you'll notice it now that, that you're tuned into it. The media will say the Prophet Muhammad... By the way, do they feel obliged to say the prophet Samuel, the prophet Abraham? Or we say Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, would they say Moses our teacher or the prophet Moses? The the film Exodus uh, came out not long ago. It was pretty horrible, I hear. I didn't see it. And people were talking about the Jewish people and Moses and the leader. Did anyone give Moses any sort of a title? Dennis Prager points out, very insightful, points out that the, the Mormons believe in their prophet, Joseph Smith. They believe he founded the Mormon religion as revealed to him in a prophecy by God, just like Muslims believe that Islam was founded by Muhammad as revealed to him in a prophecy by God. Did you ever, ever hear the media say, the prophet Joseph Smith? No, 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 that's not politically correct. All right, we'll go to a song and then we'll come back. There's more. There is more. Um, the funerals took place in Yerushalayim last week of the four murdered Jews in the Hyper-Kosher, the Jewish supermarket in France. We'll play the song Esrim El Afish, which was written this summer when 20,000 people showed up to the funeral of a lone soldier who they didn't even know, Sean Carmelli. And um, we'll send this out in memory of the four Jews who were buried in Yerushalayim. And again, thousands and thousands of people came to their funerals, people who they never knew also. This is Ariel Horowitz with the Sumela Fish. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Shacharecha shom, so I did. 
song since the summer and I remember I cried to it throughout the summer every time I heard it it made me cry Ariel Horowitz by the way who composed wrote the words and sang that song is the son of Naomi Shemer and now we know where he gets it my name is Mayor Weingarten you are tuned to the Israel show on the Nachum Siegel Network the Israel show is sponsored and proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh we talk about Aliyah from France, they've reached a point that they realize that there's no future for them, and the future for the French Jews, as it is for all Jews, is in the state of Israel, in the land of Israel. Nefesh Benefesh is devoted to helping people make Aliyah, helping people come home to Israel. It provides needs-based financial assistance, employment resources, it helps Olim make their way through whatever government bureaucracies there are. And quite frankly, at this point, they've done away with so much of it that um, that you can't even talk about that as you used to. But uh, that's the greatness of Nefesh Benefesh. They, their charter flights are amazing. They commission an El Al plane. They fill it with Olim. They come to Israel at Ben Gurion Airport. They have a ceremony which... Um, which is keeping tissue providers uh, in business. So we suggest and recommend that you take a look at their website, 
www.nbn.nbn.org.il www.nbn.org.il This show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, revolutionizing Aliyah. And you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network, and we are also heard on Arutz Sheva English Radio. Welcome one and all to the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We're talking about how the media deals uh, now in the aftermath of uh, the situation in France, how the media and the White House and others are dealing with um, this horrific anti-Semitism that is showing itself throughout Europe, not only in France, throughout Europe. And um, the causes, the fact that the White House blurs the line about who it is that's responsible for this, who the enemy is that we need to be fighting. Here's another... I don't even know anymore what to say. Is it shocking, amazing, crazy, insane exchange? This is from The Daily Show. The Daily Show is um, a mixture of news and comedy. And, and whenever people attack The Daily Show for saying something wrong, they say, well, what do you want from us? We're just a comedy show. No, they're actually not just a comedy show. Truth is that many young people in America get their news from The Daily Show. They treat it as a news show. And while it is a news show that presents the news through irony, in, in a sense, or, or sometimes by pointing out the hypocrisy of world leaders or of countries or, or, or of local leaders, national leaders. It is, at the end of the day, a news show with a very, very strong left-wing political agenda. And of course, the star of the show is um, a Jewish guy from New Jersey. His name is John Leibowitz. But when he went into uh, television, he decided to change his name, and he calls himself John Stewart. Well, he had an exchange, this uh, Jew, with uh, someone who really hates Jews, with former President Jimmy Carter. I I, I believe he is an anti-Semite. I, I have no other way. I don't usually just say anti-Semite about everybody. You know, if I get a ticket for double parking, I don't call the traffic policeman or woman an anti-Semite. This guy's an anti-Semite. And um, in an exchange that took place last week, John Stewart asks Jimmy Carter what he thinks is behind this Islamic terrorism, this radical extremism that we're seeing throughout the world. And he, in his question, he actually is asking for an answer. He doesn't even ask a question, you'll hear. He basically makes a statement, and the statement that he's making is, you know, what's happening isn't really religious. It's not religiously um, motivated. They're just angry. They're people that are angry, and they're using religion as a pretext. Do you understand this? And so he asks Jimmy Carter, basically, if he agrees with him. And why are they angry? Okay, here's the question. 
you listen to how he mumbles and jumbles and, 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 and tries to make his way. I don't even know if he believes this himself or he's just being politically correct. Here's the question, and then we'll play you uh, the answer that Jimmy Carter gives. Why do you think, uh, uh, you know, I, I view this extremism as a function, as sort of a pretext. You know, they, it's a, this idea that it's a re- religious backing seems a pretext for just powerless. You know, they're, they're angry, nihilistic. It doesn't seem, uh, if it didn't have a religious uh, part to it, it would be something else. They would use some other pretext to be violent in this way. Do you, is that... That, that's the way it ended. Is that, this is John Stewart. He's, he's, he's very, um, very good at expressing himself. Did you hear how, uh, I didn't edit that. That was exactly how it, how, how it was broadcast. Did you hear him mumbling and fumbling, trying to basically say, it's not a religion, all this stuff that's going on, it's, it, it's not really, it's not religious. It's just people, they're angry. They're angry, so they're letting out their anger and using religion as a pretext. Oh my, oh my God. Now wait, it gets better. A Semite and an anti-Semite having this conversation. Listen to how Jimmy Carter explains why they're angry. He's sort of agreeing with them, of course. Nothing to do with religion. They're angry. So they're taking it out on the world. Why are they angry? Here's Jimmy Carter. Well, one of the origins for it is the Palestinian problem, you know, and this aggravates people who are affiliated anyway with the Arab people who live in the West Bank and Gaza. What they're doing now, what's being done to them. Right. No, that can't be, right? You didn't just hear that. That was, that was, that was somebody who used to be the President of the United States saying to John Stuart Leibowitz, that, yeah, you're right. All this stuff that's going on around the world, it's because these people are angry and they're taking it out. And it's just a, but Islam is just a pretext. And why are they angry? They're angry because of Israel. Because of what Israel's doing in the Palestinian territories. You've got to be kidding. Re- really? You've got to be kidding. So let, let's try and analyze this. The Islamic State, ISIS, ISIL, whatever you want to call it, is butchering thousands of people, many of them their fellow Muslims, Yazidis, anybody who thinks exactly like them, butchering them, capturing territory, because nothing to do with Islam, no, but because they're angry at the situation between Israel and the Palestinian Authority? In Syria, 180,000 people have been killed. Arabs, killing other Arabs. Must be because they're angry at the situation in Israel. And what Israel's doing to the Palestinians. That's what Jimmy Carter thinks. The editors of a magazine in Paris that publishes a picture of Muhammad, a drawing of Muhammad, are shot dead in cold blood. The killers go out and yell, we have avenged the Prophet Muhammad. Uh, it can't be because of Islam. It's probably because they're angry about the situation in Israel. And by the way, tons of such cases happen around the world. 
in Denmark, a filmmaker also who portrayed Mohammed in, with some picture or something, not even in a derogatory way, I think. Last name was Van Gogh. He was just shot. He was killed. All over the world. Islamic terrorism is on the rampage. They make it clear that they want to kill in the name of Islam and in the name of Muhammad, and yet people like Jimmy Carter and, quite frankly, the Obama administration and so many others and the media along with them are all trying to convince you that it's not anything to do with Islam. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. Islam is a wonderful, peace-loving religion. And these are people, and it seems that there are millions of them, but, but they make believe they're Islamic, but they're not really Islamic. Nobody's ready to say there must be something wrong somewhere in within the Islamic religion that millions of people are ready to subscribe to this awful terrorism, to barbarism, to chopping people's necks or uh, heads off with a knife. It's insane. Now you might say, so what? Why do you care? Let them have this, play these stupid word games. No. We do, we need to make it clear. We need to understand what, what, what the threat is, what we're up against. This is the mistake that all pacifists throughout history have made. Not understanding the threat of the barbaric dictators that, that we face. It's very sad and very frustrating and quite frankly, it's scary. I'm, for me, it's scary. Here is, um, Im the Idan Rechel Project. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shall I be a 
here on this real show. My name is Mayor Wangat, and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. We're going to round out the conversation that we've had today that we've been bringing to you throughout this show about the importance of understanding who the enemy is. Tell you a little bit about an article that I highly recommend, and I will post it on our Facebook page later, facebook.com slash the Israel show. It appears in the Jerusalem Post, jpost.com, by one of the best spokespeople that we have out there, one of the best journalists and writers, Carolyn Glick. Column One is the name of her um, her regular piece, and uh, this one is entitled The Answer to French Anti-Semitism. Do you remember... Do you remember the name Ilan Halimi? Well, Carolyn Glick does, and she points out that it was in January, nine years ago, that the Ilan Halimi disaster took place. What, what happened nine years ago, if you don't remember who Ilan Halimi was? A French Jew, he was kidnapped by um, a group of Muslims, they were looking to kidnap a Jew. They tortured him for 24 days. They then dumped his body, handcuffed, naked, stabbed, suffering from third-degree burns, over two-thirds of his body. They dumped him at a railway siding in Paris. And he died a few hours later in the hospital. And that was one of the first overt anti-Semitic acts. Now this is an example of what happens when you do not recognize the enemy and you try through political correctness to cover it up. Even though the anti-Jewish nature of the gang that kidnapped him and tortured him and, and, and ultimately killed him even though their anti-Semitic nature was clear in so many ways, even though when they called his mother, Ruth Halimi, the kidnappers did, made believe that they wanted ransom and so forth, she heard in the background that she was speaking to them, her son, tortured, crying, she was subjected to his torturer's recitation of Quranic verses. You understand that this is a religious act that they feel they are doing. And yet, the French authorities refuse to consider it an anti-Jewish attack. They refuse to consider it a hate crime. The investigative magistrate said, quote, there isn't a single element to allow one to attach this murder to an anti-Semitic purpose or an anti-Semitic act. In fact, in the trial of the 29 kidnappers and accomplices, anti-Semitism was listed as an aggravating circumstance, not the crime, just an aggravating circumstance to allow them to give a little bit of a harsher sentence. And look where we are today, nine years later in France. Look where we are when you don't recognize anti-Semitism for what it is, when you don't re recognize radical Islam for what it is, when you don't recognize 
a religious war for what it is, you reach a situation like the Jews in France have where they want to get out because they understand that there is no more future for them. And you know who confessed to to doing this, to not understanding the threat? Finally, after nine years, the Prime Minister of France. Here's a clip of the Prime Minister of France addressing the French National Assembly this past week. Maybe the Obama administration is listening to him and will understand the importance of waking up early to anti-Semitism, waking up early to radical Islam, not trying to brush it away, to whitewash it, to include it in in all kinds of nice terms like, uh, what was it, um, the, the Conference on Violent Extremism. Here's the French Prime Minister last week in the French National Assembly. There is the so-called historical anti-Semitism going back hundreds of years, but there is particularly that new form of anti-Semitism born in our neighborhoods, out of the Internet, out of hatred, hatred of the State of Israel, and which advocates hatred against the Jews, all Jews. So we need to use the right words to fight this type of totally unacceptable anti-Semitism. And as I have said over and over, again. And as the Minister Ségolène Royal said this morning in Jerusalem, as Claude Lanzmann wrote in a magnificent paper in Le Monde, yes, we must say to the world, without the Jews of France, France would no longer be France. And that message is one that we all have to deliver strongly and loudly. We did not say it in the past. We did not show our indignation in the past. How can we accept that in some schools, in some colleges, the Shoah cannot be taught? How can it be possible that a seven-year-old child should tell his teacher when the teacher asks him, what is his enemy? that the child should answer, it is the Jews. When you attack the Jews of France, you're attacking France and you're attacking universal conscience. Let us never forget this. And what a horrible coincidence that we see a multiple offender of hatred who is taking center stage and performing at the very time these atrocities are being committed part of the Vincennes. No, justice must be intransigent, faced with those preachers of hatred. I'm saying this strongly and with determination from this lectern in the National Assembly. Yeah, they usually wake up too late. They call it Islamic radicalism. They call it anti-Semitism, not anti-Zionism, not anti-Israel, anti-Semitism. But it took the French nine years to get up and say, with with great passion, as you just heard, we have not been confronting anti-Semitism. We let it go. Yeah, I think now it's too late. As many Jews of France seem to think as well. As many are making Aliyah 
and others are going to coming to the United States. That's the um, that's the usual his, history of the Jewish people. We're going to close out with um, Arik Einstein and Habalada Al Yoel Moshe Solomon. It's the song that tells the uh, story in a poetic way of the founding of the town of Petach Tikva, which is today a big city, by a group of people headed by Yoel Moshe Solomon, a Haredi Jew from the families of the Talmide Hagra, who made Aliyah from Europe in the 17 and 1800s, early, early 1800s, as the Gra encouraged them, the Gon, Rabbi Yaomi Vilna encouraged them to go to Israel and to rebuild it. That was the real beginning of the modern Zionism, I believe. Modern Zionism. The beginning of Zionism is in the Torah. Uh, We'll end off with that, but first... As we always do, we're going to say thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you all for your Facebook likes and your comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And as always, my very special thanks to Nachum Siegel. Keep it tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network all day for the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.
Salomon, a ti por ir, Sharon, a yo, el Moishe Salomon. 